Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Calvary Gospel Assembly Online. Um, before we get started this morning, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that I have this morning to share the gospel, to share what it is you've laid out in my heart. And uh, Lord, I pray that everybody who hears these words, everybody that's listening, whether it's with their families or by themselves, Lord, that they would hear these words, that they would take heart to these words. Lord, that they would stay in their hearts and in their minds. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just hear them and let them pass us by, but that we would grab a hold of your word in our lives. Lord, I thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to thank you for joining us online this morning. Uh, some of you may know that we are meeting this way for just this one week uh, as a precaution. And prayerfully, we will be back next week on Sunday the 14th. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. There's going to be a special speaker. It's going to be a, a good thing. Uh, if you've been watching the news at all, if you've been aware of what's been going on, you know that this has been a strange and sad week in our country's history. We continue to feel the repercussions of tragedy and sin. We feel the, the weight of it in our cities and, and among our families. I can only speak for myself, but my soul has been heavy this week at seeing where our country is. And honestly, in considering that no matter how far we've come, we still have a long, long ways to go. In, in praying this week over the message and what to preach, Truly, uh, truly, I was at a loss. My heart has been heavy this week. Really heavy. And I look and see what's happening, and it just makes me sad. It breaks my heart. In praying over the, the message this week, I was reminded of a, of a verse that's found in Ephesians chapter 6. It says this in verse 11. It says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil or the enemy. Verse 12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Let me read that, uh, just a little bit of that again. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In speaking with some friends and pastors this last week, the subject of racism and our response to it is a common thread. In almost every conversation I've had, it's been about racism. It's been about our response to it. How are we dealing with it? Many of us are feeling isolated because of the coronavirus and, and all that's happening with that. And then now we, we turn on our TVs and, and we see, we watch as tragedy and violence 
overtakes our screens and our lives, and, and it can cause us to feel helplessness. So how do we approach a situation that we have no experience in, but our hearts still break over? How do we approach that where I have no understanding of the experience of the African-American community? I have no understanding of the experience of black people that are even friends of mine in my life. How can I approach them? How can I approach the subject that we have no experience in, but our hearts are still broken over? And I, I felt the Lord reminding me that while it looks like there is a war among us, our response to it as Christians is not, should never just be in the physical. Our response as Christians should be first in the spiritual. What caused this evil to happen around us? What caused police officers to act with cruelty and callousness? What causes some to turn to extreme violence and crime? What causes people and even some Christians to respond with cynicism and heartlessness? I would say to you today that the evil that surrounds us wasn't caused by a specific act or a tragic event. The evil that surrounds us wasn't caused by, by that one single thing or even multiple things. It's caused by the demonic forces in this world, and it's caused by sin. The truth is that our strategy, strategy for solving violence and racism, I want to say, I was talking to a friend of mine this last week. I said, no matter what we do, no matter what we do, our strategy for solving violence and racism will always fall short if we are not approaching it from a spiritual level first. So how do we do that? How do we engage in spiritual battle against what seems to be a powerful evil? How do we engage in those things? How do we engage in the warfare that is happening around us? You said, Pastor David, I feel helplessness. I feel hopelessness. I feel like this isn't going to end. How do we engage in spiritual battle as Christians? The first way is this. The first way is through prayer. Let me say that again. The first way is through prayer. Dr. David Jeremiah says these words, Prayer is work, and it requires all-out battle. It is not an idle pastime or an optional exercise reserved for the more spiritual believers. Prayer is the hard work business of the church of Jesus Christ. The kind of prayer that changes hearts and transforms neighborhoods and rebuilds communities and revives nations is intense, it's fervent, and it's all business. It takes a proactive commitment and on our part to set aside the time and the effort to be strong in prayer and to give energy to our praying. Colossians 4.2 says we are to continually, earnestly be in prayer. That's what it means to be a prayer warrior. Now you say, Pastor David, but I'm so busy. 
I don't have time for prayer. Pastor David, I, I am so busy. Listen, I understand that we lead busy lives. I know what it's like to sometimes have the entire day go by and you think you have no idea where the time went. Where'd all that time go? I woke up, I had breakfast, I did this, I did this, I had the kids, I had work, I had all these different things that happened and all of a sudden my time is gone. But I believe, listen, prayer shouldn't just be something you do at dinner time or before bed. Prayer shouldn't be something you only do on Sunday mornings at church. The Bible calls us to continual prayer. It's communication with God. Pastor David, you may not have to just kind of sit there with my hands, my hands folded and, oh Lord, I thank you for this day and, and I get through. You know, a lot of times that's how we take prayer. A lot of times we take prayers, just put our, put our hands together, get on our knees, and Lord, I thank you for my family and my friends and my loved ones. And once I name everybody, then what do I do? Prayer is entirely different from what has become known as prayer. What we have made prayer is boring. What we have made prayer is religious. What we have made prayer is tradition. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is sharing our hearts and minds with the master. Prayer is, listen, it's, it's praying protection for those who are caught in the chaos and, and, and praying justice for those people who are victimized. Prayer isn't a two-minute song and dance but it's a true and powerful relationship with Jesus. To have a powerful relationship with someone means that you're communicating with them. Prayer is communicating with your master. So prayer is how we engage in battle. How else do we engage? The first way is prayer. The second way is by worship. The first way is prayer, and the second is by worship. I like what this commentary says. It says this. At its core, worship, listen to this, because you say, well, what is worship? At its core, worship is a response to a revelation of God. It is a response of adoration. It is a response of affection, allegiance, and attention. It happens when we receive a revelation of who God is and what he has done. Worship is not a means to an end. We do not worship to get something. We worship because of what Jesus has already purchased for us through his death and resurrection on the cross. Or his death on the cross and his resurrection. Listen, the truth is this. I'm going to tell you something today that, that, that you might not like to hear. Some of you don't understand worship because you've never really engaged in worship. Some of you don't understand worship because you've never really engaged in worship. You've, you've sung a hymn or you, you, you've looked at the screen and you've sung a song, right? You may know the words to the song. It might be one of your favorite songs. You, you may have even performed in front of a church, that song. You, 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 you. <laughs> There's a difference between singing a song 
between performing a song and worshiping God. There's a big difference. Worship is responding to God with adoration and attention. It's responding to God with affection. That's how, that's what worship is. I'm convinced that the church lacks in power because we lack in prayer and we lack in true worship. I'm not, not listen, I, I'm saying the church as a whole lacks in power because there's no true prayer and I would say that there's no true worship. When we understand true worship, when we understand what true worship is, we under, understand that it is our response to God and that if used correctly, it is a weapon against our enemy. Worship is a weapon against our enemy. I like what the same commentary said. It said this, in a broken world, worship becomes a declaration of the gospel. It becomes intercession. It is not only a priestly act of sacrifice, it's the kingly act of occupation. It is a manifestation of the victory of the cross. Our worship is a demonstration that Jesus has accomplished exactly what he wanted. While the spiritual battles of this life continue, the ultimate victory is secured. Amen? I know you can't say amen right now. Say amen at home. Say amen, Pastor David. Psalm 149 says this in verse 6. It says, let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nation. This is talking about praise. This is talking about worship. To execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all of his godly ones. Praise the Lord. King David wrote that. Praise, worship. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands. When we start to understand what true worship is, we're going to start to understand that it is a weapon. King David understood this. King David understood that his praise and worship was a weapon against the enemies of God. Is that the way that we see our praise? I want to ask you genuinely, is that a way that we see our worship? Or do we see it as just another song where we're, okay, all right, let's, let's try to put our minds on God and let's try to focus and, okay, uh, yeah, okay. Man, that's, you know, that, that drum beat's just a little bit off this week. I, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I can't really focus right now because there's other things happening around me. And, and is that what worship has become? Worship is not for your entertainment. Worship is not for for us to, to perform for you. Worship is an act of adoration and attention to who God is and what he's done in our lives. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, it becomes a weapon in our warfare. I, wanna, I want you to consider another example. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, now, there's a king. It's kind of a cool name. His name is Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is preparing for battle. And the Lord directed him in this way. Verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 21 says this. 
And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. As they, listen to this, as they went before the army, and this is what they were to, this is what they were to sing. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. That was their song of praise. That was their song of worship. So he appoints people to sing and go before the army. And it says this in verse 22. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. They used their worship as a weapon against their enemies, and God gave them the victory. Amen? I'm convinced, I am convinced that God is calling us to do the same with our prayers and with our worship. I'm convinced that when we hear stories of violence and racism, our first thought shouldn't be to run to Facebook. Our first thought shouldn't be to run to Facebook and to post our opinions. Our first thought should be to run to prayer and to worship. When it seems like justice will never come to you in your life, you can respond with anger or you can respond with worship. This has been a tough week. I know this is a, a, a sort of a tough message, but I believe it is vital it is vital not just now, but moving forward in our Christian lives. We can see on the horizon that there are going to be tough times ahead for the Christian church. We know that not just through prophecy in the Bible, but we see what's happening every day. We see where the culture is going every day. Instead of getting angry, Yes, get righteously angry. Of course, you can be angry and not sin, like the Bible says. But rather than first post our opinions to Facebook, I would encourage you to first engage in some prayer. To first engage in worship. I want to go back to the verse, the very first verse that I used in Ephesians. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, I thank you that this message was not just inspired by your holy presence, but your word guides and leads us. Lord, I thank you for leading us this morning. I thank you for leading us against helplessness and hopelessness. I thank you that we do have a weapon in, our, in this warfare. We have a weapon in our arsenal of praise and worship and prayer. Lord, I pray that as we call ourselves followers of Christ, that we would engage in communication with you. As we call ourselves Christians and part of the church, Lord, I pray that we would have relationship with you. 
Lord, I pray that as we, we hear the news reports and we see these, these things happening around us, we would respond in godly ways. We would respond with the heart of a Christian. We would respond with worship. We would respond with prayer. We wouldn't be so quick to just give our own opinions, but to, to bring the matter to you first. Lord, I pray that you would guide us towards peace. Lord, I pray that you would bring order to the chaos. Lord, I pray over all of those who are watching and listening today. Lord, I pray that you would bless them and I pray that you would keep them. Lord, I pray that you would cause your face to shine down upon them. And Lord, I pray that you would give us rest in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I'm so glad you could join us this morning. Listen, in this next week, uh, spend some time in prayer, spend time in worship, spend time getting to understand what prayer is and understand what worship is. We love you. God bless you. And we hope to see you next week here at the church. If anything does change, we will let you know through Facebook and through texting. But otherwise, we look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you guys. We love you and have a great day.